0: Is the technical area your weekly football manager podcast brought to you by me, your host, Gaffer Gramer? Once again, I hope you're keeping well. Obviously, another tough week has gone by since I last spoke to you with no football to, to keep us you know distracted and that on the side, but then again, you know, the football manager content is certainly flowing, and whether you're consuming or creating, it's certainly uh,
1: refreshing to have so much free time. To uh, make the most
0: of, you know, the situation that we're in. Of course, there are some of you out there who are FM daddies. So you're trying to deal maybe with working from home, longer shifts. Obviously, the, the kids are at home, keeping them occupied. So your football manager time could have slightly disappeared over the last couple of weeks. But nevertheless, just make sure you find a little bit of time to enjoy, and enjoy yourself find a little bit of peace and quiet in the corner where, you know, you can step out of the sitting room, step out of the home office, wherever it is that you play and immerse yourself on the sidelines and in the boardrooms rooms of whatever club it is you find yourself
1: managing at the moment.
0: The weather obviously as well has been picking up, which has certainly eaten into my FM20 time this week. You know, I spent all, I literally, did I don't think I left the house Monday, really. I stayed inside playing football manager, and when it was three o'clock, I kind of realised, oh, I probably better get outside. And it's kind of non-stop all week since I spent it in the garden. Finally, recommitting myself to Angels with Dirty Faces. the Jonathan Wilson book, and, you know, it's making me miss Argentina more and more. Make me want to go back to Argentina. Certainly at some point in the future though. I am quite comfortable in northern France right now. But of course you know. With this extra bit of time on our hands. There is the opportunity as well to. To you know, spend a bit more time reading. And all that as well. So maybe it could be a possible little feature. On the podcast going forward. That we have a little bit of a an FM book club. Where people can you know. Share. Send in their football book related recommendations. And you know, we can certainly look to give people a you know, their fill of
1: football away from the you know you know, away from the
0: lack of game time that we've been seeing lately on television especially. You know, it is great watching some of those classic games though. This week's episode though is called Gold Drought. And the inspiration of that comes from my save. But it's something I think we all can experience at some point in another. Where the goals, throw up results, start getting a little bit wobbly. Where it seems the game kind of feels, mm, I think you're doing too well here. You know. But nonetheless, you know, it's a challenge that we all have to face. A challenge we all have to overcome. And since, you know, I started putting out the, the search, the look for help this week with, um, you know. How I could rectify it. It certainly made it, I felt it was really kind of appropriate content for the podcast this week. So, obviously, you know, the whole podcast is going to kind of come out of, you know, it's born out of my save. I'm not throwing my own thoughts, the thoughts of those community members who did get involved, you know, where the polls were at, you know, just to try and, you know, give the save a little bit of, of life, you know. So at the start of the week, I was coming up to the Christmas period. I've now since reached Christmas in the save, so halfway through the season. So it was coming up to Christmas and our form was starting to dip. It was starting to get a bit shaky. Where before we'd been able to hold on to wins and win, you know, we've made a name, you know, in the league for having the meanest defence. And suddenly we were kind of, you know, the defence might let one or two slip past them in a the game. And our attackers, well, look, we scored 19 goals in 15 games, which isn't, you know, bad. It's over a goal a game. But at the same time, you know, we were being hugely outscored by the teams that we found ourselves in the mix with. Our wins, results, they've all been by the narrowest of margins. So this was... Um, you know, it was an issue, it was a concern for me that, you know, we were only we might score one or two in a match, we'd win by one, that goal or two. And we had a very, quite you know, mean defence. I think we'd only conceded... we didn't only conceded six in the fifteen to that point. But then, you know, when the defence started leaking one, a goal would leak through, a second one maybe could follow, you know. That one or two goals we'd find ourselves scoring were suddenly just enough to get us out of the draw. Or, ultimately, in some cases, not even enough for a draw. We 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 did lose one or two. Then you know, compounding the issue of the patchy form, injuries and suspensions to, to key attackers started to build up. Marco Piace was injured. Marco Piace returned just at the start of this week, just after I put the the tweets to say I was from goals. And all of a sudden, Marco Piaccia is injured again. So Marco Piaccia will, I think he's out in February in the save. And like, you know, on the other side, Rafinha was the standout winger. And Rafinha has got six yellow cards in his last 10 games. In France, three yellow cards in your last 10 games is a one match suspension. So we've actually been out Rafinha as well for some of those games. So all of a sudden, our two key wingers are out. You know, Mbai Niang, who would prefer to be using as a striker now. He's, You know, he's been chopping and changing from, you know, being a, a winger to being a striker. So obviously his form has suffered because of the lack of consistency in where he's he starting games. And then we're relying on some of the reserves, such as Flavian Tate. And, you know, up until these injuries started kicking in, a player who hadn't played all season, Roman Del Castillo. So just, you know, at the, just as I sent out the tweet, Monday, I took him back to the save. I sent the scouts out to find the goals. You know, like I said, you know, you know, each with your two main wingers having such patchy form, and, you know, one of your strikers having to come out to play on the wings, it was just not an ideal situation. It was one of these scenarios where,
1: you know,
0: I, there was no consistency in my team selection. There was no consistency in where players are starting. And I think that was adding to the, the lack of goals. But then, of course, when it came to the training grounds, when it came to the tactics, the formation, the training approaches, I knew I had to make a change as well. I knew I had to bring the goals in. And I had to be kind of less pragmatic in my style of football and suddenly play a little bit more open, a little bit more fluid, just to try and ensure that, you know, The gold started coming in from somewhere. So I asked the community, what do you do when the golds are drying up? Do you change your team instructions? Do you change roles? Do you change formation? Or do you change the players? And, you know, it was... wasn't the closest result, I have to say, but changing formation was the advice the community gave. The the, the one that got the most out 32.4%. Not far behind was change player roles. Or change the players. They were almost neck and neck with 26 and 23 percent. And then changing team instructions was last. And I found that was interesting. An interesting piece of advice for me to take away that the community felt changing my team instructions, changing the over kind of arching philosophy of the play, of the way I want to play was not the way to go. Changing the players, well, that was being forced upon me. But in terms of the bad form, the poor form, players were suffering as well. The changing the players, you know, it wasn't you know, what the majority of the community felt they should do. Changing the player roles, you know, again, does that change the way your team plays? I'm not sure, but changing the formation was the way to go. Now, coincidentally, you know, that was actually something I I experimented with a little bit before the results of the poll came in. So, anytime I to put these polls out for 24 hours usually. Yesterday's one was a little bit late. Uh, I, mean, I had it available for eight hours, but that was just quite simply because of um, You know timing issues. I just for some reason I can't find a way to, to schedule polls So what I've done is I changed from my preferred 4 to a 4 2 one That's a little bit of a hybrid result, hybrid formation And what I've done is I set up um, a base formation of 4 2 one and what happens is the terms of the roles. This changes depending on what player plays where. So, for example, if I play Adrian Unu as the attacking midfielder centre, he's a shadow striker, not an advanced playmaker. If I play, you know, uh, Rafinha out on the right wing, he's an inside forward. If I play him on the left wing, he's a winger. And you know these from these you know player instructions they depend on these player roles depend on which player is playing where you know one of the the, the you know it's a hard thing for me to it was a hard thing for me to do was I understood that by moving to four two three one I was opening myself up, I was exposing my back four I like my full backs to push on, especially when the attacking the wide Forwards in front of them, they move in as inside forwards. So I do like to have the fullbacks there as a wider threat. So having to, you know, find a balance between what role they play in an attacking phase and, you know, maintaining their defensive juice Because if they push forward, it would mean that I'd leave two central defenders, you know, exposed behind. It made things a little bit worrying. They did have a ball. I do have a ball-winning midfielder set in the two of the midfield. Rafi, of course, is in the midfield strata. So there is a big gap between those midfield two and that back four. That the ball-winning midfielder, you know, could find himself very easily cut out, very easily exposed. And all of a sudden, you know, we find ourselves in a very, very sticky situation. A lot of the teams we've played against in France do favour, if not two, strikers. Certainly one striker with one player behind in the attacking midfield strata. So it's a case of you're giving it, you know, it's a 2v2 two two situation, if it's a two-striker system, or certainly if there's a player in the attacking midfield, you know, there is that gap for him to play in between my midfield and my defence. Oliver Jensen, that's FM Football Manager, sent in a great of advice to me though. I compare how we're doing in terms of creating chain, creating chances with the league. That's done via detailed team stats. If we're lower, I look at how we can create more by analysing games, and seeing where play breaks down it might just be that we aren't good at taking the types of chances we create so i will try a different way of getting the ball into the box i'll then look at changing things around to try and work to the front players strengths if they're quick off the ground whipped balls in low and through balls need to be encouraged etc i'll also drop players who are out of form for a couple of games and give others a chance now my tweet the time you know i got the chance to respond to oliver did reflect off that. it said that in the last two games it would switch shape referring to this four two three one i dropped some of the main players i've had all season now in terms of rotation i haven't been great at this season you know my back four has been very very constant and i've actually made a couple of slight changes and you know i changed my left back to a guy who's a little bit more attacking orientated And what had happened there is suddenly, you know, we've started to concede goals. In the two games that I'd played after making the change, the 4-3-1, one one was a 3-all draw after being 3-1 down. And the second one was a 3-2 win after being 2-0 down. So it's a case of the goals were there, 6-2 was great. Four points in two games wasn't bad. But also it reflected the fact that suddenly we conceded six. Oh, sorry, we conceded five in two games. And, you know, that doubled the amount of goals we conceded all season to that point. And for me, who I do like a bit of a primary, I do like to be able to be def- defensively strong. That did hurt a little bit. I'm sure for the neutral, it was an epic game. But nonetheless, for me, it did hurt just a little bit just to experience something like that. But I did, I took Oliver's advice and I went and looked at... You know, the the chances created, I went and looked at the analysis of the goals are scoring and the goals are conceding in order to try and find a way to, you know, um, make the changes that were informed by the decisions. So in terms of the goal times, we start fast. We score a lot of goals early in games or early in halves. But as the match kind of goes on from 75, but in the phase between 75 and 90, that's kind of where we're at our lowest scoring. So certainly, you know, scoring late in games is not what we really do. In terms of the goals or scoring, a lot of them come from placed or powerful shots, very, very central. So we're talking goals within the 6-yard box, goals within the 18-yard box, and a couple just from outside the box. You know, we're not really renowned for scoring, you know, from angles or anything like that. But the types of goals and the way we're creating them from through balls and crosses is certainly really good. Unfortunately, though, like because I have opened things up and I do like to play with attacking fullbacks, we do concede a lot from crosses, and that doesn't surprise me so in terms of conceding goals the way going forward, you know like that in order to turn the draws to wins, we have to be a little bit meaner at the back, and that's certainly one place I feel you know that i I do need to make the change I do need to find a way to you know, increase that defensive solidity and experimenting with a three-five-two 5 2 possibly be the way forward there as well. For me, when it comes to my teams, you know, like I, like I spent a podcast last time, team training, training is something that's very, very important to me. And Black CFM also echoed the advice there. Looking at the various attacking modules or technical modules, for example, chance creation and chance conversion. Depending on what the data suggests is the problem. Attacking set pieces and delivery too, and if all else fails, play a friendly. Unfortunately for me, my fixtures were a little bit congested, that I didn't get the opportunity to play a friendly at the time. But attacking set pieces, set pieces, I find is a great way to score goals of football manager. I find that certainly for me, um, you know, it's when when we have the opportunity to 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 almost go into a match with such fantastic preparedness, it will mean that. On set pieces, it'll mean that you almost have an edge when it comes to you know goals and goal opportunities in a game. And like that, just even echoing from my angels and dirty faces, you know, you think of that 1986 win for Argentina in the World Cup. Jonathan Wilson uh, speaks about how the Argentinian manager at four o'clock in the morning burst into the room of on one of his players, waking him up and asking him, Who are you marking from the set pieces? Who are you marking from the set pieces? Because, going into that World Cup final in 1986, the Argentinian management staff, they were totally, totally fearful of the set-piece threat the Germans posed. That the Germans had had such great success with set-pieces in that World Cup, that it actually, you know, it was something that the Argentinians spent all week preparing for in training, to, you know, try and deal with. And then, for those of you old enough, or those of you who may have seen the highlights, you, you will remember that if the two goals that Germany did score on that World Cup final goal came from set pieces. You know, there two goals that clawed them back into the final. Although they didn't win, it certainly gave them the opportunity to get kind of get their foot back in the final and stem the tide, to give themselves the slightest chance of you know getting the result they needed. So it's a case of like that World Cup final stage doesn't get much bigger than that. So certainly, you know, if you see teams with ultra preparedness and set pieces like Black Sea says, it's certainly, definitely worth considering. Uh, FM Old Dog certainly, you know, comes from the same school of thought when I was playing football manager. Grown, whale, course. though, you know, once that all those emotions have been expressed, you know, asking other people for advice. It's certainly the way to go forward and you know that's the base of this whole podcast. Asking you guys for advice, asking you for help. How can I overcome this difficult? How can I overcome this challenge I'm facing in this game? And then Mad FM got the final word on, on this kind of question. Not a Nintendo plug, but I had the same issue myself, wrote a bit about it in my latest blog post. So that's mad FM underscore if you want to go and check that out. Nothing high level, just looked at strengths versus weaknesses in the squad and change formation team instructions based on this and i think you know like i said making informed decisions such as this is certainly you know the best way to to move forward in a save and like that making these informed decisions was certainly something i've done i delved more and more into the stats after reading mad fm's
1: piece and i found that you know in terms of the
0: chances we're creating, the number, the quality, in terms of our accuracy in match situations, we are you know the best in the league. We're creating, we might be creating the most chances, but we're the team that's best at hitting the target overall. And our players, you know, Marco Piace, uh, Rafinha, and Adrian who knew are all in the top ten of players with shot accuracy on target. So that certainly means you know. We are doing something right. And our players do have the quality to create goals for us. It was worrying. Not to see uh, Mbaye and Yang there. Especially as I'd chosen him. To be our new lead forward. But not only that as well. To think that. you know We had such a heavy reliance on Piaccia and Rafinha. Not only to score. But to create chances as well. And we are having such a patchy run of form. From both at the same time. And patchy. Levels of availability because of injury and suspension. That it was very easy to see, you know, all of a sudden we were over reliant
1: and on a, a select group of
0: players, and that we needed to make changes. I need, I needed to make changes. I needed to possibly go out there and rethink my approach. Play. I needed to go out and see. Do I need to forego balance? Do I need to enter a school of total attacking football? I need to become Liverpool under Brendan Rodgers who could finish second with scoring 100 goals and conceding 50 or would I become a team that was far meaner you know and rely on a strong defence just to get us through matches as it had been with one or two goal wins you know living dangerously on the edge between the line between draw and defeat or win and draw you know these were things I had to you know understand and I needed to ask the community that question. You know, if you, how do you, what do you place more of an emphasis on? Where is the community currently, you know, at? Where are the people who listen to this podcast? Because they're the community who are getting involved here. You know, where have you placed your emphasis on a Football Manager Twenty? And fifty-eight to almost sixty percent of voters said defensive solidity is where I'm putting my emphasis on. Now I'm not saying I've
1: gone out of my way to be defensively solid in this game but if my teams are defensively solid that gives me the basis to build i can i think it'll be pragmatically like that that i feel
0: if we are defending well if we're defensively strong it allows my forwards to miss one or two chances that we're not going to be open up we're open at the back And we haven't got the quality at the minute to go out and blow teams away. But we certainly have the quality to go out and make a difference, to make a nuisance of ourselves. And to make ourselves hard to beat. It was only when we went down to 10 men PSG could beat us. And for Monaco, it was a late, late winner. That totally just came out of the blue. A counter-attack that, you know, a set piece that we
1: just, you know, we didn't deal well with.
0: You know, thinking of those games where you know defeat was so close against Arsenal in the Europa League last year, it was two late winners from uh, Hector Beller, both games that sealed the match. You know, and those goals came from the fact that you know Rafinha at the time I was playing him was an attacking inside forward on the left, so when it came to you know tracking back and pulling his defensive weight, he actually didn't really do it effectively, and it gave Hector Beller in the space.
1: So I needed to go away, and I needed to rethink the approach. I needed to see where is it exactly, I, where do I belong? You know, and you know, it's very easy to fall into this, the current school of thinking. Of, you know, gag and pressing is the way to go. Ticky tack is the way to go. Again, I keep referring, I keep going back to Angels with Dirty Faces, but it's a book I feel that's going to have a profound impact on the way I play because. You know, the the consensus obviously in Argentina
0: is, you know, are you anti-football or football? Is it, you know, like a year of with the school of Minotti or the school of Bilardo? And I kind of, you know, I'm at the point in the book now I'm reading about Marcello Bielsa.
1: And I think the school of Marcello Bielsa is an excellent school of football to belong to. You know, it is pragmatic. You know, there is an emphasis on playing fantastically beautiful football. It's a type of football that will allow a club like Wren, where I'm managing, you know, step up to the upper
0: levels of of competing with the bigger clubs. But it just has to be done, you know, in in a way that, you know, where success is happening on and off the pitch. Training is informed. Transfers are well informed. You know decisions made off the pitch you know don't affect what happens you know on the pitch in a negative way,
1: and finding that balance is something I really need to do, though not to spoil anything you know it was in our last game there just before Christmas where you know things started to look just a little bit more upward,
0: our last game. Before we went for the Christmas break. Was it against Lyon. Lyon were the team that had taken second place away from us. When a run of patchy form had started to appear. In a couple of games we found ourselves having dropped from second to fifth. And going into that final game just before Christmas. Results hadn't gone the best way for Marseille and Monaco. Two other teams competing for you know the top. The top two, well, the second and third place in Liga because obviously, you know, you've got PSG in your league. First place is kind of a foregone conclusion.
1: So, for us, this is a big game. We were going in in third place, level on points with both uh, Marseille and Monaco below us, and we were four points. Four points behind Leon. So for us going into Christmas, this was the game. This was, it was like a cup final. Win it, because we were the last kickoff. Win it, and we could go in and finish the first half of the season in third place. Draw, and you know we'd be spending Christmas in fifth.
0: Not a bad. Bit of progress. And obviously Lewis would still be in fifth. But Nice. Or just outside the European places. Wouldn't be far behind. So the challenge was there. Leon, The top goal scorers in the league. Defensively. You know. They conceded twice the number we have. 50 goals scored. In 18 games. 24 conceded. And the media were focusing on this. In the pre-match build up. How are you going to deal with the top goal scorers in Liga? How are you supposed to deal with the attacking threats of Danny Olmo? How are you supposed to deal with the attacking threats? And Musa Dembele has moved on. He's not with them in the He signed for Liverpool. So, you know, they, they don't have that attacker. But they still scored 50 goals in 18 games. How are we to compete with this? Joachim Anderson has been a rock at the back. You have a plan to try, you know, unsettle him. You have a plan to try and
1: do something different to Jock and Anderson.
0: My scout and analyst report came in. Leon struggle against a four-one-four-one DM wide, or you know, a four-three-three, as you know, some of us would might call it four-one-two-three, or whatever you want to call it. You know, football manager calls it one DM wide. That was the formation I've been playing with all season until I changed.
1: Until I got the bit of advice from community members, you know, changing formation might be the way to go. So Bravely or stupidly. I stuck with the four two three one. The Shadow Striker behind the pressing forward. Two inside forwards. the deep line playmaker ball wing midfielder and you know slightly more apprehensive attacking fullbacks. My attacking approach is based on that front four. Have things created in the midfield and then to allow the front four to bear down and goal. The wide forwards, the inside forwards, wingers,
0: whatever they are. Capable of creating and cutting in and scoring. The attacking midfield are capable of playing the passes. The through balls that were getting us so much success this season. And scoring as well. The fact you're putting Hunu in there to be the the shadow striker.
1: And then by Niang. You know. The big name player. Having Ingham up front is a pressing forward. Someone who's been a top goalscorer scorer at one point this season and was suddenly starting to find his way back into the goals.
0: So my attacking approach, although there's an emphasis on the attackers, I do like to spread the goals around. I try and target where my my centre I try and target areas on set pieces and put my centre backs in there because I know they have such good aerial prowess. You know, I like my midfielders bursting through. That's why when I play that four-one-four-one DM wide formation, I play with a Roman playmaker and a Mazala, because I know through both of them that like they're capable of getting forward and chipping in with goals. So for me, I like to spread the goals around, not rely on
1: one or two players. But now in this four-two-three-one, suddenly there was a lot of emphasis on that front four. Just like eighty percent of the community answered that third poll. The emphasis on our goal scoring and an attacking approach was emphasizing on the attackers and not spreading the goals around. We hadn't kept a clean sheet going into this game. I think in five games, after going well over four, I think close to four hundred minutes beforehand, not conceding for this run start. You know, we weren't, it wasn't the best way to go into a match, but we went in. And we won 1 0. The change
0: in shape disrupted Leon to no end. Surely, plenty of opportunities, but defensively, the changes we would made, being a little bit
1: more you know, conservative, we were restricting them to plenty of shots from distance or attempts from set pieces, which we defended excellently, having prepared and set pieces in training coming up in the week. Joachim Anderson was substituted off so bad his performance was in that game. So was Danny Olmo. Memphis Depay didn't get a kick. Suddenly, we got the big result we needed. The approach changed. Sure, it was only one goal. Sure, it was kind of, you know, we're not exactly scoring plenty here, but
0: nonetheless our defence stood solid. We got a big result, a big performance, and we suddenly have a big platform to build upon going forward into the second half of the
1: season. So how do I go on from here? How do I progress at this point? With well, this 4-2-3-1, I didn't change the team instructions, just like the community suggested, and it was my sentiments exactly. Don't change the team instructions. Don't change the philosophy. Keep playing the way you're playing. Allow the players to express themselves individually. But have a collective feel of how we should be playing.
0: This hybrid 4-3-3-1 that can become a 4-2-4 has certainly proven a big change. But has also exposed some weaknesses in our squad.
1: Defensively our full backs are suspects. We don't have a
0: candidate in the squad who is a natural ball-winning midfielder. So by repurposing some other players in the squad, we're exposing their weaknesses
1: too defensively.
0: When we've missed out on having Rafinha, Marco Piace, we've struggled. So again, with a little bit of community advice, a little bit of, you know, to help over from my apprehension. I spent an initial six point two five million pounds on signing Jared Bowen from Hull. With two excellent excellent white players in Piach and Rafinha. Behind them are two, you know, capable deputies in Tate and Del Castillo. But given our heavy reliance on these white players and the lack of availability and the fact that when Tate and Del Castillo played, they're not always they could come off the bench and get a nine come off to get a 6.4,
1: you just don't know. So with Bowen, I hope, we've suddenly got a third reliable attacking option. That means that if Piace or Rafinha miss a game, the team isn't going to suffer. Niang has played every match as the striker in this 4-2-3-1 since we made the change. And he's scoring again. It was his goal against Leon that won us the game. So we're going to keep him up front. You know. The Scouts are still out there looking for goals. But in Mar- but so, but in Mbainiang, we're going to keep him up front. We're going to keep him the focal point our attack. We're going to hope he can make a difference for us up there. But like that now, That clean sheet against Leon was very impressive.
0: But the lack of consistency in clean sheets isn't enough. Already, our goalkeeper has broken the clean sheet record for a ren goalkeeper in one season.
1: That Leon clean sheet doing it. But really, you know, we are conceding more. There's a lot more chances. We had a couple of games this season where teams had one shot on goal in the match, and I one shot in the argument. So Suddenly, you know, this kind of like you know, even against smaller teams, it's in double figures. So, I need a ball winning midfielder, and a ball winning midfielder come coming to play regularly so I can release the attackers better, provide them with better protection.
0: So, that sometimes, you know, if you are losing a game where you need a goal. Sometimes bringing on a defensive midfielder isn't a bad idea. It'll allow your attackers to focus more on attacking. And give the extra layer of protection that you need something behind. That
1: allows them to release. released. allows them to play free. And, not, and you have the peace of mind in knowing. You yeah. have someone on the pitch who can certainly, you know, make a difference. So just before, you know, I finish up. You know, just a few of those reflective questions, you know, just to get you thinking. Are your team over reliant on one approach or another? Are your team over reliant on one player in particular or a couple of players? Can you change your approach? Are you flexible enough to see how and where you can make changes? What is the best way for you going forward to progress players, to progress your team, to progress your philosophy, to progress your club. Just
0: before I finish up I have a couple of little points I'd like to make. I've been very negligent this week on the FM goal of the week. I haven't been sharing because, you know, a goal drought has been my focus, my priority. But nonetheless, FM goal of the week will return next week. So remember, you know, if you have a scored a great goal, try and get try and record it, tweet it, and use the hashtag FM goal of the day and we can might be able to see, you know, a little bit of fun in terms of the goals that are getting scored.
1: You know. I've around how people are scoring who's scoring them and so on in Football Manager. Keep using the hashtag Weird Community if
0: you're creating content. And if you're looking for content, the hashtag weirdcommunity is the place to go. Whether it's using it to, looking at the hashtag on Twitter or looking it up on Slack for the Slack dedicated
1: Slack channel there. If you haven't seen in the past couple of days,
0: I alluded to kind of this last week, with G. FM has released a collection of four t-shirts. These four t-shirts Jim has designed himself. On the front you'll see there's four positions. Sweeper Keeper, positions on keep, the Sweeper Keeper, ball-playing defender, Mazala 9 T-shirts are available in black and grey and on the back they featured a the number 19
1: with a cross through it. Obviously in reference to the current situation we're in. The proceeds from these T-shirts that Jim has created will go towards cam, a campaign against living misery charity. Links
0: I've tweeted them out uh, from the FM technical area, so if you haven't seen them, go on the FM technical area, look below the link. You'll find the link in the podcast notes below, or if you follow Jim G, go and check out Jim G FM on Twitter, you know, and you'll find you know a link to them there. You know, in recent days and weeks, I've considered replacing my Current ability, potential ability T-shirt that I've got for football manager, started just to lose its shape a little bit. So often it was getting worn. When Jim brought these T-shirts out, I felt that it was a better use of my money, support a charity and support a cause, especially at this uh, challenging time. So if you know if if it's a possibility for you that you can contribute and you can join in, go and check this out and support in whatever way you can. So I'm sure Jim will appreciate everybody supporting. For me personally, I've gone with the sweeper keeper. Although I did suggest ball playing defender at Mazzala and false nine, the Uh I could only pick one. The uh, you know, uh, you know I, I had to pick one, and you know, tossed the coin, thought about it, and, you know, sweeper keeper. That's how I play football when I was in goal, back in my playing days. So you know, I kind of kept with the brand loyalty there. So, but of course, the Mazzala one certainly, certainly very very
1: tempting. So, go and check those out if you haven't already. And finally, um,
0: Mr. Bray Gamer uh, sent me a tweet, sent me a link yesterday to in 1997, 1998 database for Football Manager 20. So, if you're looking to play Football Manager 20 with a little bit of a difference, a little bit of a twist, you know, 97, 98 is one of the first seasons of football I can really remember. Apologies if that makes you feel old. But 97, 98 was one of the first seasons I can really remember football very very clearly from the season perspective from start to finish. I do remember 96, 97 and you know bits of seasons beforehand. Patches, but 97-98 was the first season I really remember. So go ahead if you are looking to play for Roger and check out Mr. Bray Gamer. And you know possibly you know a chance for you to play Football Manager 20 with a fresh change
1: and a fresh twist. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you did like it, you know, please feel free to like, share, review, however it is you want to do things. Um again, like
0: you all know, the links you'll find the links down below to my socials and the podcast socials. So if you don't follow them already, feel free to go down there and check them out. If you are reading any football books, please let me know. Maybe we could start a little bit of a you know an FM book club on this. I know it was an idea of Cleons for Team Busquets. Before you know, that all came tumbling down last year, so maybe we can
1: kind of revitalize it again. You know, I think I've I've read
0: you know, over half the half three quarters of the book, and that's just the past week. So, of when that's the dirty faces, that's what I'm reading at the minute. So, if you're reading any books, use the hashtag or send that FM book club, send in your tweets, pictures, whatever it is, tag whatever. And you know, we can start like a little nice little corner in the community as well, just you know, offering something a little bit different. I'll be back again next week with uh, polls and that such from Monday. I have a huge list of ideas written down in terms of what I could do, so I just have to actually just sit down and you know, say, right, what, what angle do I want to come with
1: this towards? You know, what way am I going to address the podcast next week? So keep
0: an eye on the polls, you know, I'll be kind of like suggesting what way i go. On Monday with the first poll thank you for listening enjoy your weekend if you are going outside please try and keep it to you know whatever uh, safe precautions it is that the you know governing bodies wherever you live you know recommend you know if you are going if you are forced to go outside stay with your back in tan and put some cream on not like me I'm hiding inside right now because I'm you know, as pink as a lobster but anyway, enjoy your weekends. Don't eat too much chocolate. Happy Easter. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye bye. <laughs>